Live from F102, this is Art As We Know It. Welcome to Episode 7 of Season 3. With this podcast, we hope to share our art knowledge and help inspire others to find art in their daily lives. Today on the podcast, we have... Ruthika. Matthew. And Jenna. Now over to explain the new episode. This episode is all about art and science and how they're related. Normally, art and science are seen as two separate distinctive concepts, but I think there are more connections than people realize. Creativity is needed for scientific breakthroughs. Science helps development and advancement of art. Think tools or machinery. Both can be used to help understand the world that we live in. Like scientists use art in their lives, whether it's a mean of escape or a way of explaining something. Art is really important, and art also uses science. I think all the aspects of art, like blending, clay firing, shadows, it all comes down to science. So we'll talk more about that in this episode. But before we get started, let's introduce our vocab word. Today's vocab word is Occidental art. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about this later in our episode. And of course, we have our Today in Art History. Today on this day in 1774, American painter Raphael Peale was born. Peale is considered the first professional American painter of still life paintings. His works exhibited in places such as the Metropolitan Museum of Art in the Smithsonian. Let's move on to our first topic regarding science and art. So, like we previously mentioned, science is very prevalent in the field of art even when it comes down to the most basic foundations. There is an article in the New York Times that proves just that by explaining about a production at the American Museum of Natural History. This production is called The Nature of Color, and it really delves into the chemistry and the physics of what we call the visible spectrum. This is colloquially known as the rainbow, so from all colors, from red all the way to violet. What many may not realize, and personally what I hadn't known for a while, was that science plays such a major role even in the most basic elements of art, like color. You see, color really comes from light. But what is light? When we imagine what light is, it's not, we imagine like a ray of sun, but really light is considered an electromagnetic wave or a ripple in the electromagnetic field. These waves have different wavelengths, so they can be long and narrow, or they can be short and wide. And depending on the length of these waves, we can see different colors. So this production that takes place at the American Museum of Natural History really goes into depth about this phenomenon. So technically, your eyes don't perceive color, but instead they perceive light. Isn't that really cool? And to top it off, Light stimulates these cells in your retinas, and these cells are called cone cells. When your cone cells find that there are different waves of light, it signals the brain to figure out what color that your eye is perceiving. Now that we have stumped our listeners on abstract art and science, let's move on to a more literal example of how science is seen in art. So for our second topic, we're going to talk about how turning points in history of Occidental art, which is our vocab word, and it just means Western, um, how it coincides with eras of major scientific and technological innovations. So for example, Gutenberg perfected the printing press, and with this, a lot of more printed books gave artists a new reservoir of inspiration and knowledge. So art turned away from the religious background, and artists of different social statuses began to emerge. We see this with the painting Birth of Venus. 
And artists' artistic images became the main topics of some books, transforming the topics of such productions. Also, anatomy came to a heavily affect art. For example, Leonardo da Vinci, he had worked on multiple bodies to understand the real human body. And in this, he became obsessed with his mission to create the perfect proportions of the human body. And for example, we see this in his Vitruvian Man, one of his most famous sketches. And also the invention of the iron tube paint by John Gulf Rim drastically changed the art world. Non-toxic colors and ready-made supplies were being made, which altered oil and watercolor painting. Before, watercolor was not really even thought of an actual medium, but thanks to the iron tube, watercolor became more popular. And tube paints were also easier to carry and allowed artists to paint in any moment. And basically it was to show nature with their own eyes. And an example of this is Ophelia by Malai, where nature is depicted in a very realistic portrayal. Uh, next, we have our photography. Photography completely changed the art world. And many painters saw this actually as the end of painting. A lot of artists disliked this, and this led to the emergence of our new movement, Impressionism, and the, and the concept of abstract art. Impressionists really wanted to express their subjective reality, what they saw when they viewed something, and not the objective reality. So this completely changed expression in art. Lastly, for this topic, we have our digital revolution. Now, in present day, the internet can be used as a form of communication by all types of artists. And the internet is really necessary to most now as it serves as a base for artists to exhibit their artwork. So technological discoveries have transformed the way that artists paint and has really confused the line of what determines what is art and what's not. So the question of today is how can one dictate what gets to be declared art? Now for our third topic. So that's uh, how science affects the images to the life with the exploration of light and color, and we've traversed the historic relationship between art and technology, but we haven't yet explored how modern scientists use art and what for. Alice Lay uh, uses art to make presentations more appealing, but more endearing to her, she uses it to escape the pressures of her scientific career, developing a hobby of making stylized crafting cups during labs. When she is failing and nothing is working, she feels frustrated, but my cards are feasible, she said. These mechanics aren't very complicated, so I feel like whatever I can think is doable. Hideo Mabuchi, professor of applied physics, uses art in a way that connects him to his family, making ceramics to appreciate the culture of traditional craft they grew up in. He also uses his creations to help his students study the physical and chemical processes of wood fire. Although the expressions of Hideo and Alice show us that art and science are not mutually exclusive, they most crucially show us that art is a vessel best used to express whatever one needs to show. And sometimes that is science. So today in today's episode, we've discussed directly how science affects art and how art affects science and the intricacies that deal with that. Anyways, that's it. We hope you enjoyed it. And thank you so much for listening this far into the podcast.